check. Welcome to Kill Yourself with Warhol Kaufman. We are definitely not having technical difficulties. Um, it's a nice respite from the dead air. Let's have a little more death on the brain. Um, yeah, I don't really know. We'll see if we get my co-producer, co-host in here. Otherwise, stay tuned for something other than dead air. Here we go. Yeah. What's on your mind today? So this is episode two. Let's get into it. They said it can't stop. Bombing black force, another sign of the times and try and claim design. 
Welcome to Kill Yourself with Warhol Kaufman, introducing our special guest. Young Marks. Tell me if anything at all was done.
Warhol Talk Volume 2. Introducing your guest. Hello, it's me, the Sheriff of Truth. Coming at you, Wild Pam's in the Greek Islands. Also known as AltaCast. Yeah. Simulcast. Yeah, today is a movie special. So, yesterday was pretty fun. Um, I had Davy Kirsch, and uh, I had a few listeners. I hit people up. People seemed to enjoy it. Um, today, I believe my friend Andrew Rose is coming by. But you mentioned the news, so let's uh, let's discuss the news. You, are you ready to get depressed? I mean, I pay a lot of attention, <laughs> so I'm already depressed. Uh, every day there's some new shit. Let's see. Well, since I missed last week, because last week was very fun, fulfilling. Uh, let's see. People died. Uh, the supposed child rapist uh, killed himself. Uh I don't think that's true. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I I don't think he killed himself. We're talking about that one guy called Jeffrey Epstein. Um, On a scale of one to Jeff, Epstein is the worst. <laughs> I, the thing is, like, I think he was going to bring a lot of people down. And then what I was reading today in the Huffington Post, they were saying I that... I actually don't know anyone who believes that Jeffrey Epstein wasn't murdered, except for the people who don't think he's dead. Yeah, well, there's that going around. I hear some some of my friends like are saying, like, no, I think he's not dead. I don't know about that one. I just know that he 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 definitely didn't kill himself. That's for sure. And yeah, then what I mean, there's what, what they're saying now is like the guards fell asleep. Really? Well, I, I heard uh, that one of the people <laughs> who was there was not even a corrections officer. See? That only... It, something's rotten in Denmark. I mean, for real. Like, I I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, maybe there was a body double or what have you. You know, my conspiracy hat is still tingling. I just know that mo- that motherfucker did not, did not kill himself. And by the way, if you want to sit down, you could. we could do... Oh, no, I appreciate standing. Sit. I will... I don't mind freestyling. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, um, I, I'm, I'm digging the Mr. Mr. in the background. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, we, we haven't really interacted too much, so... Uh, I think one time. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me more about what you do. Uh, well, as of right now, I am not from California. I am not from San Francisco. So that means I am not soft. Um, I'm a Midwest girl. I'm from uh, a place called Misery, and uh, I lived in Chicago uh, for about 11 years. I've been out here for five years. I used to do comedy, but now I am a bartender, and uh, yeah. What was the process of you going from used to do comedy to... Oh, no, I just, I'm having a horrible writer's block. I'm having a shitty writer's block because I mean I mostly dabbled in improv not dabbled I did improv and then I dabbled I should say in stand-up um but I I'm having some technical difficulties in my head so with, what was your process when you were doing stand-up would you just improvise right on stage I would I kind of started learning how to write things down and get an idea like I was writing jokes and ri- I'm mostly more of a storyteller than a joke presenter 
Um, but um, there were some times when I freestyled. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I stand up to me is a little bit more complex in contrast to improv, where you have a group to fall on or another person to fall on. Stand up, you're just totally naked, and so you have to be cautious when you're freestyling. They, they have those kind of stand-up shows. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's just like you know, my thing is this. I I like I'm not a perfectionist, but I like to have a little bit of polish. A little bit of polish and a little bit of dust. So, so that way it's a little bit authentic. What's like uh, an opener or an early joke that you had when you were doing stand up? I'm curious. <laughs> okay, so um, I like racist jokes. So um, here's one. Uh, so there's a black man, a white man, an Asian man, a Latin man, and an indigenous man standing on top of a big mountain. The Asian man goes, oh, this for my people, jumps off the mountain. The indigenous man goes, how, this for my people. The Latin brother goes, hey, yo soy, this for my people, jumps off the, off the mountain. Uh-oh, something's died. there we go. Oh, that's me. And then the black man goes, man, this for my peoples, and pushes the white man off the building. That's my early joke. That's that's your flip on a on an ancient elementary street joke. Exactly. If you use that one, it might give you oh, a yeah. little more. Thank you. Fascinating. So that's almost like in the Red Fox tradition, where you take. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I actually played some of uh, some Red Fox and Richard Pryor. They had a double album that they put out apparently, and I played a little bit of it yesterday. I um. My earphones might be dead. That's probably what it is. Oh, that's bananas. See, back in the day, that wasn't an issue. You don't have to worry about that in the day. So there's a segment that I have done called the Langston News. <laughs> so uh, it might be fun to go into a little bit of Langston News. Uh, a lot of times I would write it. We were talking about improv, so we could do some live Langston. So uh, I busted out some headlines here. Sweet. Here we go. I'm just going to go randomly. Inside Israel's sensitive preparations for visit of Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Now, that's exciting, dude. Actually, that's really exciting. Like, we could have a cage match. Let's get an octagon going. I'm excited. Is Don King available? What's happening? Who's happening? It wasn't a uh, uh, dumpster fire trying to tell um, people, like, uh, for them not to go to Israel because they're anti-Semites, which is false. So... That's Honestly, false. I mean, to set the to set the punchlines aside for one second, the idea of the alt-right new neo-Nazis aligning with Israel mm-hmm. against brown people mm-hmm. to build their ethno state mm-hmm. is it is a complex it's it's like the gourmet of white nationalism. I really mm-hmm. feel like because you've got an international flavor. You throw a little hummus on there, and then you can cover the bodies with hummus. And then I, I'm inspired by it because if the Nazis and the Jews can work together, anything is possible. <laughs> and by the way, it's not anti-Semitism if you are telling, if you're saying that, hey, the Israel government is corrupt. Okay, because it's facts. That's not anti-Semitism. 
I, and by the way, I think the alt-right should just change the name to the alt-right, white. The alt-white. It fits a little bit more perfectly. So Miley Cyrus's whirlwind social life caused the Liam Hemsworth split. I guess at a certain point, there's not any more openings in your schedule. White people. Problems. You can, you can spread your schedule open as wide as you can, but eventually it's full. So that's all I have to say about that. Rich white people problems. Quentin Tarantino defends Hollywood depiction of Bruce Lee. At least I didn't call him a nigger. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's true. Sarah Silverman is 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 having some backlash over the blackface. Oh, she did back some, blackface. Some blacklash. Yeah, she had a she had an episode of her show where she did some blackface, and she she has two simultaneous. Uh, defenses. She has apologized, but she says that one, she's a different person than she was, you know. Actually, three, because she says that comedy has to push boundaries. I don't necessarily disagree with any of this. And the third one is she says she was trying to explore, you know, the concept of racism in a particular way. It, it was a self-aware exploration, and I feel like those three explanations all can be true but they seem to be in contrast with each other they don't all go together very well yeah i would have to see it in order to judge because that's what one person should do before you judge check it out first honestly i i have a ranking of uh blackface Ooh. the best blackface of all time oh and give it to me so this is a bit but um i for me it's judy garland i've never seen Blackface, better. The greatest minstrel show I ever saw, for sure, was Judy Garland. And so, you know, that's the bar. And number two, Robert Downey Jr. It's got to be Robert Downey Jr. See, um, uh, I, I'm going to throw in John Wayne. Um, Interesting. I have to check that out. I don't think I remember that one. He did not do blackface, but he sure played an Indian. Yeah. So, uh, who... It kind of looked like blackface, like the makeup was terrible. So uh, I'm gonna throw John Wayne in there, and plus, you know, he's a racist anyway. Uh, so, what did you like about his performance? What I, um, I, the, oh, the stereotyping. Uh, let's see, him sitting on a horse with a bunch of feathers and this horrible shoe polish of brown shoe polish on his face, smearing, and just like melting down. Yeah, it. it that's what I liked about it. It was horseshit. It's, uh, so so you, you did not enjoy his performance. Well, then I don't think we can put him at number three. Uh, for number three, I don't know. Everyone loves Al Jolson. Personally. That's too easy. I, I, I wouldn't say he's a hack. I guess he was very innovative. But uh, I just, I don't, I don't see the appeal. I, I thought that uh, Jane Krakowski had a wonderful blackface. But I think actually the best, the third best blackface for me uh, the third best would be Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond playing, I believe, uh, I, was he Jesse Jackson? There was a there was an Al Sharpton Jesse Jackson sketch, and um, no, this is '90s, isn't it? This was on SNL, and it was Reggie. There's Daryl Hammond, and what is the? There's there's a comic and I don't remember his name. I I usually don't remember his name. I remember a story I heard about him. Was he a cast member? He was a cast member who was Jay Moore? No, it was Jerry Minor. Jerry Minor. I forgot about him. So Jerry Minor and Daryl Hammond did a sketch where one of them was Al Sharpton and one of them was Jesse Jackson. I 
I think that Jerry Minor might have been Al Sharpton, but I know that Daryl Hammond was rhyming a lot, and he was in blackface, and it was exquisite. It was hilarious. It was, and I wish I could find it. They, you know, Lauren is very careful, and and so I guess they scrubbed it. The pipes, yeah. But goddamn, that was a wonderful sketch. I would have to say. I'm torn between I like my Dan Aykroyd from Training Places, uh, Beef Jerky oh, that Time. That is solid. That is solid. And n- right next to him would be Gene Wilder uh, in Silver Street. Well, Gene Wilder can do no wrong. So I got to say, Gene Wilder has got to be top five blackface performances of all time. He's got to be because it's almost impossible to top it. But again, Judy Garland, she had a head start. So <laughs> I still want to put John Wayne in there, though. Just because. <laughs> so, but uh, definitely Dan Aykroyd. I mean, it's just like it. Trading places. Like I, I still use the line like beef jerky time. You know. Well, actually, that was Eddie Murphy that said that, but it was the same scene. Dude, he's coming back as Dolomite. I know. I saw the trailer. I'm pretty excited about that. I haven't even seen the trailer, but the trailer's dope. So I'm curious. Um, would you tell me the story of the first time you did stand up? Uh, yeah, actually, it was 15 years ago. Long time ago when I used to live in Chicago, um, I did drunk stand-up, and that was a big mistake. Um, and this is around the time when I was doing improv and stuff. So not knowing that, hey, you're going to be very naked by yourself. So, yeah, did not was not aware of that at the time. Um, and, of course, I bombed. But I think I started to get better through being a little bit more prepared. Because obviously when you bomb, it's, it busts your so what's, ego. what's the first time you didn't bomb as a comic, then? As a comic? I can tell you in improv, I don't ever bomb. <laughs> no, no, no. But the first time as a comic, you did a set where it did not feel like a bomb. Oh, shh. Let's see. I will say... Um, maybe actually here I went on a rampage because at the time I was working at the marina and I had these characters of Amber and Chad and I would just talk about horror stories about me working in the marina and people touching my hair and people playing with me as I'm some kind of chia pet so that that and then a lot of like my uh, R. Kelly pissing jokes aside but I mean that's kind of hard because there have been times when I haven't bombed so I like to talk about the times I've bombed though makes you a little bit more humble and vulnerable I wanted to make a a YouTube channel or like uh, possibly a website that was just only bombing videos and encourage comics anywhere to send in their bombing videos Mm -hmm. I, I think bombing is I think it's funny. I sometimes do, really, seriously. And especially when people stop in the middle of their set and they just give up. Like, for some reason, and I've seen that so many times. Well, I like when uh, watching someone's spirit break. Like, when, <laughs> when they're in they're in it and they go and they're optimistic and usually a lot of times it's someone who hasn't done it much so they're just confident they're like I'm funny I know I can do this these people are that good <laughs> and then they go up and they start and it's kind of hard and they start going uphill and then eventually it you backtracks. see the moment when it breaks it's kind of like 
when Bane cracks the spine of Batman. It's just their spirit breaks, but they're still on stage. And so after their spirit breaks and before they figure out how to get off stage, that's the sweet spot. It's the mirror. <laughs> seeing, seeing their hopes and dreams deteriorate. But they kind of like ooze out the side of the eye. It's like, um, my personal favorites is when people are bombing, but they're on their phone searching in the middle of their set for what else? What else? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, what do you do? You, you, you're just, just give it up. And it's just like the audience is looking at you struggle. It's like almost looking at a news anchor, not know their lines. It's, it's, it's funny and tragic at the same time. You know, the news anchor is kind of vestigial. It's like uh, like the tailbone of the appendix. <laughs> I don't think we need them anymore. No. Um, let's see. I, I also like when people repeat themselves or play on the dirt dirty. This I've been I've been accused of repeating jokes before. Sometimes I catch myself, and then I, I have been known to sometimes. It's um to sometimes. <laughs> tell the same joke like seven times in the set just to see how many times I can tell it or sometimes I'll just do a setup like I, I've, I've done the Brian Regan where I did all setups and no punchlines for an entire uh, open mic set which was actually really fun <laughs> it was pretty fun because it was all comics there and it was really rowdy and they knew my material anyway so, so I just nothing would do new. like setup 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 and eventually it was kind of like what what is happening <laughs> You're testing to see how many people have ADD. I, I think that at a certain point you're just developing material. So as you develop material, you know, you can even two minutes can help you develop material. Two minutes in a in an almost empty garage or whatever. But uh, I I think I've seen comics get to a certain point where. They're not specifically trying to develop material like they are in general, but not, not specifically. And they're not specifically working on a particular set or structuring a new hour, or working towards the taping. So they're just doing stand because they love it, just to stay sharp. And so they go up in a room, and instead of you know the person who has a list or the person mm -hmm. who has a set or the person who's trying to figure it out, they just go up and they just, they just experience life. And it's just sort of a perspective. It's not even... Uh, it's not even about the jokes all the time. I, I saw Brandon Stokes have a really interesting set at Godfrey's that way, where he got on stage and he you know he does stand up however many times a day he does it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't even know how much time he was gonna do. He went up and he just sort of talked to the room. And that's he actually told fun. Some jokes. It's beautiful, and I I'm that's kind of, that's freestyling to me. Yeah, I mean I've gone yeah. up I've gone on stage and not had a plan, but that's. That's different to me than the type of comfort. Like, he, his comfort being present. Like, he, he could have spent his set just breathing and looking at the crowd. And if that was funny to him, that would have been enough. You know? It was, yeah. Like, Patrice O'Neal kind of has that, where it's like, Patrice O'Neal will go up, and it might be the highest stakes moment, and he'll still, he'll just take a show on the stage if he wants. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Take a <laughs> shit in front of some white people. <laughs> my, my thing that I really don't like about... Uh, certain comedians or so-called comedians is when they play on the dirty this is like something I learned back in improv never play on the dirty because people your audience gets bored especially when your whole I think routine. that might be a different lesson that I take away teach from it 
Um, cheap. It's a cheap way out. So you're saying you don't like working blue. Is that what it's called? Working blue. But I mean, if you think about the greatest comics of all time, Lenny Bruce, Eddie Murphy, no, Richard Pryor. Those were, they told stories. Stories. That's not entirely what they Playing think, on though. the dirty is when you, all you have is dick jokes. So you're and, saying, and you, you're saying. You have to be versatile. You have more than just. Yes. Like uh, you can. Just filth material. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But I don't think it's true that you, you don't have to. I mean, it depends on your goal because. I know my goals are different from a lot of comics, but if your goal is just to get a laugh, that's one thing. If your goal is to make the most people laugh possible, that's probably going to be different than if you maybe have a more specific audience. Or if your goal, a lot of people I've heard, it's just, <sighs> I, I know what I think is important, but I recognize that not everyone who produces a show, who goes to a show, or who is on stage values the same thing for example there's comics that do other people's material and don't do their own material Carlos Mencia I mean you could say that I mean there's comics who have writers who will purchase material from other people as opposed to stealing it yeah and uh that's I mean, like true to hip hop form I mean I've had jokes stolen that's you know that's a whole other thing but but just in terms of like for me I, I, I've developed material with people my friend Andrew who's uh, I think coming here we develop material together but that's different from just having a writer who just writes for that's, you, I feel like that's that is different but at the same time like on late night every late night show has like a dozen or 30 writers and I would love to be one of them so it's like but I also feel like if I'm gonna write for someone else I'm not gonna use the material that is for my act I will have to make a distinction uh yeah that's yours yeah, I've actually, like, th that's the one thing that I really did appreciate in improv. We wrote our stuff, and, like, I saved some of the stuff that I liked for myself. So, I mean, but... You said in improv you wrote the stuff? Yeah, we, well, I, I wrote stuff. I had um, my friend and I would write stuff together, um, and... What does that mean, then? Uh, like, sketch. You would write, so you would do sketch? Yeah, sketch writing, improv. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's sketch writing. Yeah, like I had a sketch of uh, we probably can't do this now because it's too offensive. So do you film? Uh, film? Um, used to. Yeah. Used to. You uh, have you have uh, stuff online? I uh, check out. Not anymore. <laughs> actually, you know what? That's a lie. I have to look it up. It's probably on YouTube. Deep and dark. And actually, we used to have a cable TV love, act. Love to yeah. There is a. a we, I used to have a, a group of us used to have a, a cable access show uh, called <laughs> Woogie Town. <laughs> and so it, it's probably too offensive now, but like it was just basically stuff that was going on in our lives but amongst black people living in Chicago. And not your typical, we're the suburban black kids, so... So what, what does the word woogie mean to you? I've only heard it in something about Mary, that film or something Oh, about that's a, yeah. So woogie, we got this from an old TV show. Well, not that old. It was called Wonder Chosen. And that was one of our favorite shows because it was really off-putting and effed up. And so there's a skit about um, these cartoons being racist. And so one of the guys is like, I don't like no jungle woogie boogie in my woogie boogie joogie he was trying to say something racist so we took woogie and then town that was our crib so 
you know, that's where that's where we basically got it from. And then there's also Woogie Boogie music from back in the forties. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I have not heard the term Woogie Boogie. Mm-hmm. I, I can follow it now. I um it's I really a, always my friends and I would joke like it could have been Bang Boogie. Like, we made hip hop, but it could have been Bang Boogie. And uh, just recently I think I saw that Erica Badu is connected to Bang Boogie Records, and I was like, that is. I love that when me and my friends kind of like have a joke, have a like a private understanding, and then it gets reflected in the artist that we respect. Mm-hmm. Like after the fact, you know, there's before, because like a lot of times, as an MC trying to learn how to MC, it's like you hear things and it might be years before. It's like, oh, that's, can't stop, won't stop. That's what that is. I get it now. It's like, what does it mean? It's like, it means everything. everything. It's a thousand things. Like, I could tell you for like an hour what it means, you know? But like, at the time, it's just like, it's a phrase. Yeah, you know? or like the like word is bond. That's another one. Yeah. So I love hip hop. I have a I have a dream of making uh, a history of hip hop in the style of of this SNL history I read. That's just transcripts only. Uh-huh. So it would be speaking to people who were at or near ground zero in the early months and years of hip hop, and not writing a book where you interpret what they said, but just taking the text, excerpting it. And just laying it out without my voice at all. And I think that would be, that's a book on, I've read so many books on hip hop, but I've never seen that one, you know? That's something in the making. Well, it's dangerous because honestly, like, a lot of those people are alive, not all of them, but there is a, there is a window to get those stories in the voice. You could also do it the other way, where I guess I could probably, this might be a more possible way to do it is you could do it just through uh, transcribing. If you go through YouTube, for example, you could probably find like enough to transcribe, but I, I would, I'm, I'm really fast. I also had an idea for a documentary, but I, I don't really want to do this because I don't like talking to cops, but just <laughs> a documentary about cops who love hip hop and just like how, what, what, <laughs> why, how, what? I kind of want to produce it so that someone else can make it. I don't want to talk to the cops. But I want someone to make this documentary. I Cops need, who love NWA. I'd like a white person uh, to please do this. Uh, dear white people. All right. Oh, speaking of, I got it. Since you are a hip hop lover, because I am, because there, I have to tell people there's a difference between hip hop and rap. Um, how would you feel? What is your opinion about the state of hip hop culture, or or rap culture? I mean, I'm dope. <laughs> Was that, was I mean, that, does that answer that's not that's the, that gives me a little bit of a layer but all right i'm still asking i'm still asking can i get a asking. can i get a more specific a more specific question okay the state of what hip-hop is today what is your opinion of it like some of it is i mean hot garbage like for example so for that general question I, my general answer is i'm dope as fuck but like there's a lot of people making music that's a lot what of people i'm saying living some reflection of hip-hop culture or some iteration of it i don't think there's a lot of heads out there i don't i i i'll put it this way um i'm not digging a lot of the shit right now because i think a lot of it is just hot garbage poor himplo i'll throw you some blue face 
when a Negro is rhyming and he's not even rhyming on beat. So, nope. And he's not even rhyming. I'm not a gatekeeper, but um, I will say that if you try to engage in hip hop without craft, it's sort of like operating a vehicle blind. You know, yeah. You might be able to make it move around, but you don't. You're not gonna you're not last. Really experiencing the function of the machine. Yeah, but that machine's gonna break down, so you're not gonna last. So, um, I'm not like I've never been concerned about the state of hip hop in general. I have. I, well, what I'm saying I'm, is, when when I started, when I started trying to learn the craft and discipline of MCing, I was focused on trying to figure out how to learn the skills, then trying to figure out if people were going to be able to get what I was doing, trying to figure out how to make people hear it, trying to get better, trying to figure out how to, you know, it's it's very much about trying to be on the level of people that I respect. Right. And those people that I respect, many of them are still out there producing work. That still exists. Well, that's what I'm saying. You appreciate the craft, but you got a lot of people out here who don't appreciate the craft. Like when you got people like, um, who's that little bastard? Uh, Lil Pump saying like, he's like Tupac. Huh? Huh? Well, he's like Tupac. He's a, you know, he's a black man in America. He's like Tupac. Lil Pump is not black. <laughs> he's a black man in America. He's like, he's like Tupac, dude. <laughs> That's a joke. So, <laughs> I, um, I don't go out of my way to pay attention to whack art. I don't go out of my way either. You know, so it just I'm, pops up. I in mean, my... I might have heard a little pump song, but I wouldn't know it. I try. I don't look for the thing. Is I don't look for the shit. I try to, just like I don't look for the Kardashians, that shit for some reason pops up on my phone. I'm like, I didn't ask for this shit. I don't want it. Why is this popping up on my phone? And that's how I get introduced to hot garbage. And just like, you know, it's it, it, it's so funny. Like I keep going back and forth with people, uh, especially trying to tell them the difference between hip hop and rap. And like, like, for example, I wouldn't put Kendrick Lamar, who is hip hop, up against someone like, little Uzi Vert which is rap those are two kind of different things to me in my opinion because I love hip-hop and maybe it's because I'm an old schooler and I, I grew up with hip-hop and vinyl and my first one of my first concerts was Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew so I mean my, I have an appreciation I just don't like the fact of right now it's turning into something where it's always been about making money but everything right now that's popular is one dimensional it's the same shit but it's the shit that what, no what, one knows how to rhyme what's popular what's, what's popular right now oh uh, let's see um, Cardi B you don't like Cardi B I like writers dude <laughs> I like writers. I love so, Cardi B, man. I, I like Cardi B. I like writers. She, I can't. Cardi B says she writes a lot of her work. I don't believe that bullshit. You, you know, shouldn't either. Um, Cardi B. Cardi B says a lot of shit that she shouldn't say. That's true. I haven't particularly experienced her lying to me. But I like the. I mean, I like the music. I think she's very. I don't think she's the most despicable person. I mean, I'm not saying like she's. Um, who's another one that's hot garbage right now? Uh, uh, I already mentioned Blueface. He ain't gonna last. Ain't nobody gonna know who he is by next year. I don't know. Uh, who, I don't know. It's good. Don't learn. Uh, 
but this and is what then, I'm saying. Like when you ask me about the state of hip hop, to me, the state of hip hop is me and people I know trying to be as dope as possible. Well, state of hip hop doesn't have anything to do with what a guy who's in a tower thinks deserves millions well, of I'm, dollars. I'm, I'm meaning the masses. But the masses have never had shit to do with hip hop. That's true. That what what happened was, hip hop, as a culture, was um, was placed into a stream of commerce, and a lot of people responded to that. But that doesn't mean that those people care about the culture at and all. They've never had anything to do. Didn't with Didn't the say they did either. But, but so that has never had anything to do with the state of hip hop. The state of capitalism. You know, is a different story within the, within the within the industry. The state, well, the industry and hip hop are different too. The music industry and hip hop have just a a tangential relationship to each other. Okay. So, like, if you want to know how the state of hip hop, you know, you should go to the Buford Center in Oakland, or come you know? down to Bayview where I live. When you got some people, you know what I'm saying? Trust me, I know what you're talking about, little homie. But I'm just just ta- talking out, just like in, little homie. In the, yeah, I said little homie. Little homie. <laughs> You better not be getting soft on me. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think we're getting off topic. No. Uh, not at all. I'm just responding to what you were saying about my question. So, like, Black Thought. Who is one of my ago, favorite. Black Thought dropped the Harvard Freestyle. And, like, that's recent, you know? that's the, To me, that's the state of hip-hop. Yeah. I haven't seen or heard anything doper since yeah so that is where it's at yeah and when someone surpasses that good luck you know what i mean hasn't seen hasn't happened as far as i can tell right and he's one of my he's one of my favorite lyricists too so don't get me wrong i mean i know what you're talking about but i just also hate the fact that a lot of the things that are in the culture are starting to get taken away and you mentioned the important factor of capitalism so that that is something that's very important into talking about what the state of the culture is taking. So, uh, Erica Badu, like the transition of her music, I found really fascinating. I think people get concerned about artists who develop and shift, but the way Yasin has has found new avenues and new channels, the way that Andre 3000 expands his exploration, like you're supposed to that. That is the state of hip hop. The people get caught up in trying to copy what already happened, but it can't stop. So, or they get stuck by not evolving and doing the same shit. Poor Hempo, like Lil Wayne. I've never liked him, but his shit still sounds like 2003. It's like it's the same shit. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I, you know, I tried to listen to the new project from Wheezy, and you tried. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. Um. But I didn't really, I didn't hear anything that made me want to hear it again. Right. I heard the new uh, Slim Shady like months ago, and there was like a song or two that I kind of was like, oh, I would listen to this again, but not enough that I really like focused on learning the name and wanted to <laughs> actually bump it a lot. Like to me, honestly, I got love for Kendrick. He can't flow, but that's fine. Like, uh, he he's spits wild. He can spit. He got hella bars. He has no flow at all. But um, for the most part, but Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe is a perfect song. 
It's one of the greatest songs ever made, as far as I can tell. The Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe remix. Um, actually got Jay-Z to give a fuck again. So <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, Kendrick, I, maybe, the, maybe the fact that he doesn't focus on flow is is some of the magic because you really got motherfuckers to give a fuck about what you're spitting again. Mm-hmm. And um, I would rather hear that than hear someone who just goes off into sound and it means nothing. And I've done that myself, you know? Yeah. Just sound, sound, sound. But like... Or it's just about the beat. Um, I mean... Like it's... That's, a- that's dangerous. That's a dangerous conversation. Again, we start talking about guru and slug and then I people get angry and stuff well what when I think about when it it's just about the beat because it, it, it should be about the beat and and the flow and the lyrics to me I, I like the whole package you know and but but also too sometimes you just want to party and just hear the beat so for but, example with stand-up I listen to a lot of comics too many comics and you know ultimately arguably it is just about making the people in the room laugh like the person who's the most able to make whoever's in the room laugh is doing the job of comedy however you gotta have a flow though I feel like personally for me almost mm, definitely above 50% of what I hear I just am not interested even if there is technique involved I need especially in 2019 today and I know a lot of people don't feel this way and and it, it usually comes down to identity in a lot of ways but I'm I'm not gonna give a fuck if you're not talking about anything that is really affecting people today I don't really care that much it, it might still be entertaining but that's not ultimately that's not how I'm gonna guide my course right yeah no I I get it I totally get it like if you ain't got nothing to say and especially if you're repetitive like if your last album sounded like this or your last single sounded like this like okay I'll throw this out there who she hasn't changed and she hasn't evolved and the bitches my age and still talk about the same shit from 2011 Nikki like yeah I never was that interested in her music she was exciting when she first came out do you listen to to Doom, MF Doom? Yes, I do. So, MF Doom's approach, uh, specifically I've heard him say, you know, like, why, why? Actually, let me put it a different way. I've heard people say like, oh, I wanna go see that band. I wanna go see that band. And that's the way the industry operates. Like, I've heard Doom comment on it like, oh, like, all these singers have to look pretty. Louis C.K. talked about it too Like everyone who could play an instrument is gorgeous It's like The industry cares At least as much how you look, look yeah. As how you sound But that that's not That's not what the music is No it's not That's like It's going, it's going back into capitalism What you're talking about again too When you're talking about the look Well it's capitalism But it's I mean also it's white supremacy It's also Oh of course Patriarchy Misogyny I mean there's a lot All of, of that But like so, I mean, the same thing is going on with the with the presidential election right now. It's like <laughs> there's people who have ideas, and then the way the media reports on it, it's like it's a completely different plane. We're not even talking about the same 
the same elements. But I do feel like there's something, not inevitable, but there's something that is impending. There's an impending shift. And I do think that that's part of why we see this sort of gasp and surge of white supremacy. And like, even you, if you listen to the text of what the, the white nationalists say, they say like, they're afraid of being replaced. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of not existing. They're afraid of being bred out of existence. Like, well, one, nobody wants to fuck you. And, then, and oh wait, you're you, missing all you got is recessive genes. So you, like, you're that missing is one gonna more happen. thing. You're missing one more thing. They're afraid also too that we're gonna treat them the way they treated us. Yes, that's, I mean, <laughs> yes, that's we don't enslave people. That's not our style. But that's not even the question. Like, like it's not a question. It's the fact that we are not going to do that. But they. But, the, but the other piece is going to happen. Whiteness is a myth, and it will be. Oh, yeah. It will be bred out of existence inevitably. Yeah. And so the I, time I think that's, has come. I think that's pretty fascinating. I think white fear, as I call it, uh, because they know 2040 is coming up, and then you know, especially a lot of white straight males well, are I mean, really. I mean, are really scared because white women are not having as many babies and this is worldwide and if they are having children it's with people of other races so the same people who are terrified of as you put it 2040 are the same people who are working pretty hard to make sure that we don't make it to 2040 oh I know oh yeah I oh honey I know I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to teach you anything. We're on air, so I'm just. Oh no, no, I'm agreeing with you, sweetheart. There you go. Yeah, I we're we're on the same plane. So like, I to me, I just feel like it the the stupidity of a lot of these white supremacists because a lot of them use those same talking points of like they're taking our jobs away or they're taking our women or they're they're yelling at the wrong people well they're taking and our they're, women is really interesting because it is it's very property oriented yeah because they've always thought of women as property they and take other people women. that's a really interesting that that's actually like um chattel the the projections you hear this from the white house a lot the projections of the tactics of uh, conservative, to, to put it like prettily conservative. I mean, it's like the people who are trying to murder most of us. But uh, the the tactics of conservatives, quote unquote, are revealed in what they accuse other people of doing. Oh, the hypocrisy. Well, it's 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 hypocrisy, but it's hypocrisy as it's weaponized hypocrisy. Oh yeah. And I I do think that's really. Um, that's where the media fails a lot is that they don't pick up on those cues. Listen, the, the just recently, the which, okay, so just recently there was the story about Ronald Reagan being racist. What? what? Oh my God, that is news. That is something new. Again, we tried to tell you guys this well, decades and ago. Hip hop. That's, that's, that's what yeah. I love about hip hop is you could go back to the text of hip hop. And it's all laid it talks out. And now, about it. Twenty years later, 25, 30 years later, it's in the New York Times. Right. But we were fucking singing it in the streets of New York, we, in the streets of fucking Boston. You know. We told y'all decades ago, and then all of a sudden, there's this recording of Reagan calling Africans monkeys. I am not shocked. Well, Chappelle, Chappelle had a bit about it, right? It's like, um, we Mm-mm. knew about Mm-mm. police brutality, but. Suddenly, they put it in Newsweek, 
And now you guys, everyone's talking about it. Like, oh, they're beating up Negroes like hotcakes. Oh, it's just like, oh, this is this is so this is terrible. I'm like, this is something that we were trying to tell you, motherfuckers. This, I mean, the thing, the thing that just pisses me off so much is the fact of everything that is coming up to fruition is not news. It's something again we black folks have been trying to tell y'all and it's going to happen to you and look where we are right now in the state of where we are there we go hold on keep talking i'm trying to do an engineering ah um so basically ooh, if i could hear myself uh, this is camp low too is it Camplow sample, but it's uh, not the Camplow instrumental. Well, that was that was dope. So this is my friend, B-Step. I decided it was time to kick this up to a higher gear. So are you an MC? Do you do you MC at all? No, that I don't do. You got I, the can't, love. I can't rap for shit. So how did you fall in love with hip hop? Well. Being a child of the 80s, I couldn't escape it, especially in my house. Like, my mom had Houdini albums, run DMC albums. Like I said, my cousin took yeah. me... So we're talking about vinyl? No, we're talking music. Yeah. But we say albums. What, albums what's yeah, the yeah. format? What format? Oh, well, yeah, albums, vinyl, yeah. Oh, vinyl, that's good. Yeah, cool. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then, you know, like I said, when I was a kid, one of my first concerts was going to see Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew. And that was like in 88. Yeah, 1988. Yeah. So that's something that it's always been. And growing up in the 90s, I mean, that's like the golden age. Am I the enemy? White supremacy, trying to make this night the end of me. Cavaliers beat them dubs back. I bet Tamir would have loved that. Actually, I'm black in 50 shades of Grey's anatomy. Requiem of our wildest dream, no fantasy. Real magic, cause we had to be. Seem like every day they're another fatality. Tragedy taking over from Orlando. Miami, Orlando. Side by escape, Billy D. Orlando. No country for old friends, though. Scratch a bread together to make them ends, though. Genocide from Genesis, played like Nintendo. Obstinate, could only comprehend slow. Woe is me. Well read like Johan, and it goes on. Gutenberg to Mezzali. Still a mess from a never we station near Fruitvale. However, brief felt the clarity of eternity. No cemetery, nation do not bury. Stories rise of freestyle in a monument to charity. We arose like an overlist, smoking hold of fists. Our liberation may never be this close again. Our liberation. Word. Yeah, hip hop is the shit for sure. Oh, hell yeah. That's why I hate the fact of it's. I'm not gonna say being destroyed. I don't like. I mean, Andre 3000 said hip hop is dead in like '93 or four, '92, something like that. I thought he said that in '99. No, Nas dropped hip hop is dead in '99 or 2000 something. I mean, no, it was later, like 2007 or eight. But if he said after 2008, yeah, he was definitely right. Well, that was not. But Andre said it on like one of the first three Outkast albums. Well, I'm I'm agreeing with the fact that that shit's been dead since 08. For sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, Eric Abadu said hip-hop's not dead. It's been living in the internet. She's got a 
point on that one too. I mean, let's see. I hate to say it, but I don't. I come up from a day of like being able to like find mixtapes more, and then there was such things as like college stations and shit where I could actually find like deep underground hip hop, which I still can. But again, with technology, the same stupid shit keeps popping up on my goddamn phone. Poor shit. So it sounds like user error. You gotta find your own. Oh no! You gotta see it. Instead of being bombarded. Yeah, no, that's it's 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 been that way for ten years. It's been some. You have to search and find it. It ain't gonna find you. You gotta do your homework. Yo, 99% all squad assembling. Humble and time is turning giant Goliath feminine. Modern day, portals me mostly a lack of loyalty. Represent from way back before we stack the royalties. Y'all catch easy human traffic and prices. Huh. Yo, 99% all squad assembling. Humble and time is turning giant Goliath feminine. Modern day, portals me mostly a lack of loyalty. Represent from way back before we stack the royalties. Y'all. What was that? Um, some people I've been listening to recently. Not familiar, but please, I'd like to be introduced. Corner West Theory. I've been listening to a lot of always Tyler. I've been t- a Tyler fanatic since What's 2009. Bastard, bastard. I still listen to VCR Wills like it, it just came out. Seriously, and Blow. That's <laughs> them lyrics are really fucked up. You fuck with Frank Ocean? I do, yes. I love me some Frank Ocean. So what's, what's, what's the record? Biking is great. Biking is a great song. Oh, this, this is, this is, this is, 
the sheriff of true. Ooh, ooh. Peace, bitches.
But short sets with no audience, a few minutes or whatever. And I just think it's a really interesting aesthetic. I know it's awkward as fuck, but if you're down, I would love to get one. Sure, let me plan something out. All right. Um, listening to B-Step. This is volume two. Technically volume three, Kill Yourself, because I recorded two podcasts yesterday. But who knows what we're going to release in there Because time is space. On slipping into the future. Yeah, that really seals the deal for me. Like a kiss for the dreams, basically. Um, also, we got a phone call yesterday, and uh, we just had a one sided phone call, and I really like that. Was it Sweet Gail? No, it wasn't. Oh, oh someone else. Oh, God. Should I listen to the podcast of my ass? Special guest who you can't hear on the show. Oh, the FBI. So do you have any particular responses to the news as it stands right now? Oh, uh... Everything sucks. All of my responses to the news are... There needs to be some heavy, heavy middle ground fought for. We need to have more moderates in office. So go to war with the Midwest is what you're saying. I got you. <laughs> That's a war California loses. Like, only the middle of the state is prepared for that. Mm. We talk about with the munitions, but we're armed with marijuana. Mm. Yeah, but parts of the Midwest, are you ever heard of Michigan? Oh, and I've also... I've smoked in the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I spent five years smoking in the Midwest, and I'm just saying, are we going to win in a and, and actually, technically, okay. there, there are a lot of militias in Southern California and neo-Nazis, so let's not get it twisted, folks. Oh, oh, and then Oregon too. Yeah, if you go outside Portland, or in, also in uh, Washington State, if you go outside. I know my first. I, I actually, when I went to Portland, going out, or excuse me, yeah, going outside of Portland, we were going to a vineyard, and all my, you know, me and my my homies were just driving, just like oh, it's so pretty. Oh, and then here we see a Nazi flag, and I'm like, motherfucker. No, I knew I was like, no, I'm not going over there. Gorgeous. I was like, there's some dusty ass crackers over here. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> that is what I thought. Ain't nothing pretty about that bullshit. Germany I mean, don't even like that. I mean, flag. it worked for Star Wars. Huh? <laughs> I don't like Star Wars. I'm sorry. Is it because there's two black people? No. Too many the, black people. Too many. <laughs> One, two, too many. But, um, yeah. It's actually the, the laws about gathering in Portland. They, they, in Portland, they actually made electronic music gatherings illegal just because they couldn't tell the difference between that and hip hop. They just want to make sure Are you serious? were going to gather. Yeah, yeah I well, believe that. Yeah, Oregon, I mean, Oregon's a pretty fucked up racist state if you read about the history and how they were trying to keep people out. Like, cops would literally, like, track down electronic music events. There'd just be a lot of white people doing events. Like, no, this, this might be hip-hop. We can't tell, so just get it out of here. That's, That's why racism hurts everyone. You don't have I to don't tell know, me like, five times. That, to me, that's, like, a positive side effect of racism is no EM events. It's like, at least you're 
I think racism makes great comedy, especially because I mean the the, I know, the people the that crowds that would get at lynching. I mean, it's oh my goodness, oh. we have a whole word for it: picnics. Picnics. Pick it. That's where picnity came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You pick one, you hang it from your tree, and then you have a nice lunch. <laughs> and we're not gonna say what they did to their body parts. Mm. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> I just had a flashback. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a song about Confederate soldiers slicing the body parts off of defeated uh, blacks in the Union Army and wearing yep. them as jewelry. And we play the fuck out of that jam, don't we? Is that your chain? <laughs> <laughs> even, even the Star Spangled Banner that is played at many events has a very, very disturbing verse. Oh, that has to do with slavery. But they don't like to talk about that part, though. Mm-hmm. Like you know sh- what, though? I have heard a beautiful rendition. So what you do is you do the first verse of A Star Spangled Banner, mm-hmm. and then to the second verse, you replace it with yeah, the Black National Anthem. Oh, oh, there you lift go. Lift every voice and sing for your second verse. And then yeah. make it into a trap version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, trap, the trap anthem, actually. I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> I'm waiting on... Migos to come out with a protest song. Oh lord. Oh. Put the weed down and pick up a baton. Right? Put the weed down and pick up a baton. I don't understand the motherfucker. It's the perfect thing. You can you can chant it outside of any business and you will annoy the hell out of the business until they give you your demands. That's like the US military philosophy. Put the pin down and I don't know what the fuck Union, I'm saying. Strong yeah. Maxis. Oh. Put the weed down and put a butterfly. Ah, I'm good. I appreciate it though. Is there anything that we heard in the news today? I only heard that it's supposed to get to a hundred degrees. Do you think really kills all those kids? I mean, it's Gary Busey. I think he, he didn't kill him, he ate them. Have you seen the mouth? I think he's trying to collect them to make a new skin suit because he realized he's bad. So do you do you actually think that Gary Busey and Nick Nolte are two different people? They are actually, because I actually met Nick Nolte. It's a performance art project. Nah, Nick Nolte is a real thing. And I met him outside of CBGB's when it existed in New York, and he was drunk as fuck. Yes, but the question is, did you also meet Gary Busey that same night? No. See, Bruce Wayne, Batman. And plus, wait, hold which on. Is which, uh, which, which one puts on Gary t- Busey's Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey has bigger titties than Nick Nolte. He's taller. I can go get a pregnant suit right now. And plus, Gary, uh, Gary Busey's teeth, he's got like that Mr. Ed mouth going on. Big teeth. But that that's Trump's homie, so... You know, dental prosthetics are an actor's best friend. I personally, I dream of having an entire rack of dental prosthetics. 
just to be able to fuck with people that drive things. I got nothing on that one. <laughs> I got nothing. I just see a hort, Mr. Ed's teeth. So are you local? Are you in town? Are you just got here? What's the, what's the deal with you? Uh, I live in Oakland. I'm from Tennessee, born and raised. Yes. How long have you been in I've been out here for about 10 years. How long have you been doing stand-up? For about five. But I've been performing for almost 16 years. What? All right, Memphis. I'm from Misery. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Lambert's biscuits are so good. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, yeah. <laughs> Lambert's is a restaurant is. in Missouri <laughs> where they will huck the rolls at you from across the restaurant. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you haven't seen a grandma get hit in the side yeah. of the face with yeah. a roll while trying to get yeah. some fried okra, you haven't lived. I, I honestly can say to you, I pissed outside of Graceland. Yeah, I, I, cause I wanted to. I, I hate Elvis, but other than that, I love Memphis. I feel that. I hate Elvis as well. All it needs is higher prices near my birthday. Yeah. Elvis week sucks. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Ain't his birthday coming up anyway, or his death, or something. Yeah. See, other information that I don't don't need to know about, but I know for some fucking apparent reason. Yeah, I think it's his anniversary of his death or something, whatever. It's his birthday. His birthday is coming up. Okay. It's like... Ooh, so they're going to be popping up, up in Graceland. Yeah! Mm-hmm. Elvis, the king of thievery. Wow. Memphis, Tennessee, from mid-August to mid-October is just weirdly expensive for no reason. Because you've got Elvis week, and then you have the Church of God in Christ coming Oh, through. Lord of Jesus. And they will be there for a minute, and they will push up all the prices. Oh, Lordy. Mm-mm-mm. I want, mm, yeah, mm, no. I got nothing, mm, yeah. Those Miss the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, food and family, that's what's good about the South. Mm. There is such thing as hospitality, such thing, but, but yeah, there are certain parts I do not miss. I don't know. I, I'm sorry about the Elvis week, though. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, Memphis has been making a lot of mistakes. First of all, they closed Liberty Land. Why? Because nobody was going. And, you know, why keep an amusement park open when nobody's going? That's sad. Did you hear what they did to the pyramid? No. So they sold the pyramid when they made the FedEx Forum. And they sold it to Bass Pro Shop. Oh, no, So it's now the largest Bass Pro Shop in the world. We used to be, see, I'm from Springfield, Missouri. That's the old, that's, we used to be the biggest pro at Bass Pro. Ah, I took it from you. Well, you can keep it, fuck it. Right. <laughs> There's a lazy river you can go down. Are you fucking <laughs> So now they're trying to make Bass Pro Shop into an amusement park. Pretty much. And where you can get your guns and bow and arrows and maybe a Confederate flag or two. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Confederate? No, I'm not a Confederate flagger. Although, I would love to piss on that too, just for fun. You know. It does make you feel good. It does. It does. Unity. No, 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 no. It's Confederate toilet paper. Yeah, there you go. You got. You don't want to see it again. Piss on toilet paper. That's. No, no, no. You wipe your ass with it. They try their lives to stay away from the brown, so I'm going to make sure they have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
and wash it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the real American rebel flag, Gadsden. Gadsden flag all day. <laughs> Coiled snake, just, motherfucker. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that flag of treason. Mm. Mm. But people, this is why people need to uh, pick up a civics book. It, it, it's so easy to learn about American history. Mm-hmm. Mm. And American history is so just... New? That's a word for it. <laughs> there. Disturbing. Disturbing on every level. It's it's brutal and tragic. How many levels? Like, do you, you know the story of Alcatraz, right? Don't tell me. Tell them. All right, so Al- what, what happened in Alcatraz was San Francisco felt bad for the Native Americans, gave them Alcatraz Island, and then, like, what, 40 years later, it was like... So Indian givers. That protest is dope, though. <laughs> dope ass protest. Danny Glover was there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that happened a couple years ago with the protests and stuff. Yeah. No, I'm talking about uh, in the in like '61, they reclaimed the island for like oh wow I didn't know that but didn't they just have a protest recently I want to say like within the past five years about Alcatraz yeah yeah I mean I thought I call it thanks killing yeah I mean because we started with let's see we start with genocide and we go to slavery and slavery it's a form of genocide. Oh, well, no, it is It is genocide. I mean, we, weren't we just talking about the picnic? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you ever see the movie Rosewood? My family's in that. <sighs> you ever been to Tulsa? No, bro. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. <laughs> we can't have nothing. We can't have nothing. And you know what's sad is, like, it took basically a hundred years of people to start talking about black wall street like it was like one of, it's like discovering like a, an archaeology project that is not that long ago where people are like really this this was a thing i'm like yes motherfucker it was a thing we had it and then they burned it and they took it all because of a claim about Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I know. Shout out in tears. Um, all Shout out to WeBuyBlack.com. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Good shit>. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, going even going to the Rosewood. That was like what 1919 as well. Yeah. Tulsa was 1921. Rosewood was 1919. And the East St. Louis riots was 1919. Yep. Oh, know your history, kid. Oh, this yeah. Oh. My dad is the same age Emmett Till would have been. Oh. That's... And he still never got to fuck that white girl. <laughs> nope. But she I lied. Did. She lied. <laughs> yeah, she came like at her on her deathbed. She was yeah. like, he never whistled at me. <laughs> Dude, you know the, the wildest part uh, in recent memory for me about that story is that there was a moment when they did some research, they did some, some DNA, all kinds of shit, and they were like, we want to prosecute. They were going to try to prosecute the other people because there were 12 people in that pickup truck. And what ended up coming from that was they found one or two, a few of the people who were literally roped into doing it were people of color, and they were going to prosecute 
the black people who are involved because the white people, oh, we can't find them. They're already dead and gone. But we'll put these niggas in jail for what happened to Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. They fucking exhumed this boy's body again, like, eight years ago or something. Well, they just recently, um... There's, uh, these, uh... Uh, I call, like to call these palm-colored saltines that recently posed a picture um, outside of uh, Emmett Till's kind of like memorial in Mississippi with guns, um, with guns, with bullet holes. They got caught because they put it on social media because white supremacists are very clever. Um, and uh, there were some dudes, uh, I think, that went to the university not too far away. Of course, they were in a frat. Um, but yeah. I, w- I was in a frat. It's not all fraternities are bad. I didn't say that. I have to because it's so Tensions so many bad guys. <laughs> were you were you in the fraternal order of police? No, thank. I wanted to be, but then I realized, wait, let me not join an organization full of the KKK. <laughs> the real gang members. <laughs> Those are the real Crips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boys in blue. You know, I think about it all the time. All of these cases of police brutality would not exist had the federal had the FBI not dis, uh, dismantled the Black Panthers. No, dude, it goes deeper than that. I, uh, you heard of Richard Aoki? Heard, yeah. So Richard Aoki, I believe, uh, was the third member of the KKK. He was the first non-black member of the KKK. Uh, Not the KKK, I'm sorry, the Black Panther Party. He was the third member, he was the first non-black member of the Black Panther Party. And he also, from before the time that he joined the Black Panther Party, he was an agent, uh, provocateur with the FBI. So literally, it was the FBI that pushed the Black Panthers towards militarism as opposed to like lunch programs into we got to grab guns. Mm-hmm. And then that's the same impetus that was used to kill them. But that all came from a fucking Because what was it they said? The most dangerous program was shoes for kids. And don't protect yourselves because we don't have the right for the Second Amendment. I mean, you can't have black man holding scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, did you hear what fucking uh, Cuccini, Cuccialo, the, the, the fucking... Yes, I, yes. That, I, that's, I was, yeah. was going to say something derogatory. <laughs> Me too. I was going to say without papers, but... Because they were... Right. But, well, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I'm taking it back. Did you hear what this eye tie said? <laughs> this motherfucker came out and said, Rick, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses to breathe free. They were only talking about European co- countries. Yes. Coming from, yes. Motherfucker. <laughs> That's a motherfucker moment. Like, seriously, I'm like, the thing is, just, and this is, this is going into what talking about the media. They're allowing these people to say these things to, um, to, they're normalizing it basically for ratings. Cause like you, this this without papers um, is he's been spurring this racist shit. I mean ever since. So it, it, he's nothing new. They keep having him on, and you know he they know he's a Trump flunky. And every time he goes on, he says something. He ups himself more and more with more outrageous bullshit. This was just another latest of your outrageous bullshit that he said but, yesterday. But here's the thing. Let's let's break it down. 
Uh, we talk about the continents, and we always mention Europe, but Europe is not a continent. So really what he's saying is, that placard was meant for Asians. That's actually not true, because the uh, Chinese people are the only people who have had a law written into the Constitution denying them citizenship by race. We were denied just because we were property first. There, it's actually written in that Asians can have property. They brought Asians over here to build the railroads and then didn't expect them to stay. Yeah, they thought they would be shipped back. Take that train back to the mainland. Right? Like You go ahead and get the Shanghai out of here. Right? That's and that's an old San Francisco treat for you too. Mm-hmm. Oh, they used to do that in Portland too. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to the whores on the Barbary Coast. There you go. Oh, and did you know? Pam and I looked this up a while back. We were ch- uh, checking out the prices of different whores. Like, um, and unfortunately, go on. Uh, unfortunately, you know. The lowest denominator, uh, the, the cheapest whore was the Mexican whore, which I was Could just like. Could you contextualize this, please? Like, where were you looking this up? Uh, it was I forgot what website. This is months ago, man. Well, you they took Backpage it. down, so I don't know where you're at. Well, I mean, what I'm talking about is like from the from the dimes to like white girls being the highest, and this is like during the 1840s. Oh, you're talking about? I'm sorry. Yeah, 1840s. I. I went from Shanghai to 1840s. My bad. Sorry, we we thought you were like on Google, like. Oh no 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 no! no, 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 no. I, didn't, I didn't think anything. I this requested is, clarification. This this <laughs> was this was just talking about historical, like how much prostitution cost here in the city of San Francisco mm. in the 1840s. Okay, so how much for an Italian woman about oh, no, no, five no, two C cup with a. They didn't they they didn't go Italian. Not in the 1840s. It was white. Indigenous, black, and Asian, and then uh, Mexican. And we're, we're only talking about women. We got no gigolos up here. 1840s. That's Same all I have question. <laughs> yeah, men. How men many? never most took dick in the 1840s. No, but most likely they did it a lot quieter. They didn't scream. I'm going to say 1840s because what women had rights then. I mean, really? Harriet Tubman. I mean, really? The only right Harriet Tubman had was the Second Amendment. So, I mean, we have the rights that we take for ourselves. 1840s. I know we didn't have no rights up in, up in there. It's not most of us. I mean, unless we were in the field or in the house. Oh, wait, no, nope, not the same thing. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm talking about there's Case a large point. amount of free in, in the American League. Uh, Booker T. Washington, your cultural heritage and your history is, is important in understanding that your name carries weight because it has the weight of the, of the ancestors before you. So your name and your race are always going to be tied in, especially in this country. That's what I'm saying, man. Even even today, in 2018, motherfuckers like sitting around going, "Well, we don't have any power. We can't do anything." Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. It's like Mitch McConnell. I don't think he felt. 
No, Mitch McConnell did exactly what he went to off no, to do. I don't think he fell down the stairs. He just broke his shoulder. Oh, oh, oh no, no, he didn't. That's a poor, that's, that's like saying Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Yeah, I feel like someone got to Mitch McConnell because someone felt like someone needs to get to Mitch McConnell. That's what I I really wish that was true, but I don't think so. I don't think that was true, so. I don't think, no. He is, I, I don't think. I think he's, I, I think he was just like, well, I'm just going to pretend I fell. Dude, uh, Bernie Sanders, before, the day before, he, um, the day before he stepped down and didn't, didn't go against Hillary anymore, like the day, like the word is he advocated uh, his, his position. He fell. Yeah. Uh, he got some sort of injury on his face. So when he was in front of the camera saying, I'm not going to he had a fucking bruise on his face. It was never addressed. What happened with that? Special interest groups have destroyed our government, which is why our government has written in, back to the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4 demands that we have a Republican government, and we don't. We have an oligarchical government. And that means, according to our Constitution, we are supposed to destroy the government that stands and reestablish it according to the original wait, tenets wait, wait, of the Constitution. Bro, look around. No, no, no. I'm just saying, look around you, dude. It's getting destroyed. Like, yeah. like that's literally what happened. And, and honestly, I've been studying. Uh, I mean, since the military commissions in 2005, I've been promoting the absence of these purposes. But like, more recently, what happened on one side of the who I have to mention, it's been public knowledge that the Clintons asked Trump to run. First, Trump didn't want to win. He was supposed to be a tool to support the But since that moment. Both of the parties that are considered two sides are breaking. They're at their straining oh, yeah. to breaking point. And that is beautiful. That's why I honestly, when it came down to Clinton versus Trump, I would have people say, long term, I think that Trump will have a better impact. Because Trump would force people to reckon with what needs to happen. And with Hillary, she's going to have more powerful prisons and not something I see that point. Uh, I, I knew Trump was going to win. He got on the ticket just because I know enough people. And he was the only person that actually said anything about Well, and then there's the such thing as the electoral college, which needs to be abolished. I don't agree with that entirely. I think the electoral college needs, we need, we need open elections. And I think each state needs to be able to vote for their electors like we vote for senators. I agree. Because wait, 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 wait. You say each state, but let's not forget Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia. Uh, they should well, be able no. to vote. I think Puerto Rico should be able to vote. They're called, they're American citizens, but they can't but they can't vote. That's really fucked up, but we know why. I do believe they should get the ability to vote, but I don't necessarily know if they should I don't recognize some states because most of the Puerto Ricans that I've talked to don't want to be a state. They want to be sovereign. Yeah, they don't. Not anymore because, well, well, well not saying we, but look what the American government has done to them. Yeah, because the American government is not the American sovereign nation. No, no. The American sovereign nation is every person that's ever wanted to be here and make something of themselves and make their world better. Yeah, they... Yeah. What they've done to Puerto Rico is just, besides me, 
And they, those those people have been trying to been fighting since 1920. Let's not forget about Guam, the Philippines, all the rest of the American Empire that needs to be fucking destroyed. Yeah, all of it's it's. I I would like to go French Revolution style. If so. What are you talking about? Elon Musk. <laughs> I want a solar powered guillotine. <laughs> I will. Come on. <laughs> are we, I, we, I guess we're taking another commercial break, ladies and cats. I guess, yeah. We'll go ahead and have a conversation. Hold these thoughts. Check. Have any Creole? <laughs> he has some beans and rice. Well, it's. he loosens his bow tie. <laughs> it's awful. I saw the Broad City version of that episode. See, man, if I were you, I would have an epic sharpie. How do you make your own chocolate? Oh, I'm not anything. I use butter last time, but my plan for next time is to use duck fat as my emulsifier. Just to avoid corn? Well, into the soil. They use 
bourbon and coconut yeah. is very slow. Uh, bourbon, I can't have. <laughs> I'm at the gate <laughs> like Jesus trying to make me hell. Moonshot. Beers. Wine is cool. I wouldn't mind drinking brandy. Here's the thing. This is a, a handy shortcut. Black men, if a white girl says nigger around you, she's trying to get fucked. It's like, just cross one boundary, cross another boundary. It's a clear signifier. She's trying to, she's trying to signal. That's how it is. It's not popular to say, but that's just how it is. I, one of my friends, Journey Roberts, has a joke that I love. And she changed it. You know, sometimes someone does a bit, and like, I love that bit, and they slightly shift it, and you're like, oh, you took away what I love about that bit. Like, Pam has a bit about how T-Rexes were chickens. But she switched it to dragons. I'm like, that's not as good. But my friend Journey Roberts has this bit where she goes, if any woman tells you So we're talking about crowd control also. But my favorite, my favorite um, clean insult uh, recently is what you don't know is public knowledge. I changed, I changed my bio today. 
I don't know about talking about pedophilia in a sexy voice, but that's a choice. That's one choice. My, my other bio was I critique white supremacy in exchange for alcohol. That's, that's mostly my night job. What she's saying is I haven't been funny until just now. Revolutionary superstar or De Niro. And we know I dated the best of us briefly. Well, for Gennaro, like Chino, the Negro, all in a bottle like Pellegrino. My people, the best and brightest. Only in the inverse, she would say. Obviously, the best and brightest don't work at. We never discovered where they are, but I went to California to find them. By the way, get a medic. I see the light. I see the light. I see the light. Shout out to Sergio Novoa and the young fighting black. Honestly, if someone could get Michael J. Fox, that would be pretty great. Somebody give this man a milkshake. That would be all right. Stage appearances will be rare. Whole lot of shaking going on. Fuck it's a billionaire. Never taking a life, fit for real prepared. Many with the enemy can feel me there. Stage appearances will be rare. Yeah. <laughs> I may never be paid to ever see fame. Still, I'm just chilling on a melody in memory lane. I may never be paid to ever see fame. Still, I'm just chilling on a melody in memory lane. I may never be paid to ever see fame. Still, I'm just chilling on a melody in memory lane. She contenders in the heavy winners. Any other woman, he eventually acquitted. Quick with it, sick with it. I moved here from the Midwest five years ago. So I live in Bayview, the dark end of the city. Been there, live there. Yeah. I do love Oakland. I try to escape there. I used to live there possible. too. And uh, yeah, I do not like SF. Yeah, SF used to be a lot. SF hasn't been in San Francisco since they canceled Love Fest. I miss that era. Yeah, Love Fest. I got here for the tail end of it. It was just like giant orgy in city in Civic Center. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And I'm guessing that ended what in like oh nine, yeah. ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I missed it. <coughs> this place is like the fakest place I've ever lived. I love the fake liberals. It it just really it warms my heart. I'm like I, because there's a lot of white supremacy here, but they're one of those like I voted for Obama. Yeah. And it's like yeah, so did a bunch of other racists. Okay. I'm cool. not racist. I just want the black people over, over there. there. Not in my name. It's not good enough.
flexion is full. I like my wrist. I like my races with collard greens and in the face. Bring it back.